0: Good evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Tonight we have on Snowy Shaw. He has been in so many bands. We're going to do a little, little brief bio and talk about his stuff. And he's really he's kind of doing the DIY, do it yourself musician, take it on the industry. Because why should anybody else get a cut of his stuff? Man, he's he's the man. He he's does so much, so many instruments. It's 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 great. You are your own band. In fact, in your, some of your videos, you are your own band.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, but I kind of. <sighs> Gradually, you know, I'm starting, I started out as a drummer, but uh, I quickly noticed that it was since I was the one starting the band. Now we go mm-hmm. way back, like forty years. But yeah. uh, I kind of, I didn't have a clue how, how how you make music together or anything like that. So, so, but it t- didn't take me that long to re- realize that just because they play the guitar or something, it's not like they're coming up with a lot of stuff. And I've never been interested in playing other people's music music like doing covers and stuff so so uh, you know i was sitting behind the drums and it's like can you play like was stuff like that you're mouthing out my, my my riffs or whatever and they could have picked that up so it's like i thought it might be a good idea if i learned a little bit so i could at least write my songs or show the show it to yeah. them. uh and from then on, like 40 years onward. <laughs> so now I ended up like I play all the instruments and do all the, the singing and recording and designing the album covers and doing everything myself, selling it myself and and so on. Or, or business, I don't know. I mean, is there even a business nowadays?
0: <laughs> I, I think it's... Um, it definitely is a different, a different... The business model has changed and evolved. There's an yeah. old dinosaur version of it. Which people try to hang on to. And then there's the you're kinda moving forward and and a lot of people are moving forward. A lot of especially musical artists now. Because they've realized that your Spotify and your this and your that's are are getting unless you're gonna get three billion hits, which is good for somebody, even that money is not gonna make you a profit that the (laughs) band's getting. Where you can I I
1: don't even I don't even believe that. Um, I mean let's not go into that. I mean, everything is corrupt and all that, but I don't I all. Ed Sharon or Ed Sharon or whatever his name yeah. is, he's had like three billion uh, streams on, on Spotify, one song, or something like that. And, and then you take my comparison, uh, Rolling, Rolling Stones, who's been around for like 55 years yeah. or something like that. And their most popular song is painted black. And that has half a billion while he has three billions, you know, so, Something fishy here. Is it's like a money laundering or something, something like that. I, I cannot yeah. really believe it. I, I think you... it's that uh, I was like arguing uh, on, a, on a thread like uh, with a couple of Americans about that. They said, oh, we should boycott uh, Spotify. Yeah, but the model in itself is perfect. I mean, uh, you can be offline. You can be out hiking or do whatever you want to do and still listen to your playlist and your favorite music. The problem isn't that. I mean, if you're a subscriber and, and pay like, uh, uh, what is it? Ten dollars a month or something like that, uh, but the thing is that there are too many middle hands, so it doesn't end up in in the pocket right. of the of the songwriters and that is the problem and just a couple of weeks ago, I heard that all the big fishes like sting and and uh, uh, Paul McCartney and all those guys yes. like they they got together and sort of try to change that we should have like a three at least three times that you know um, yeah in, in royalties so that's the problem but i mean otherwise i mean physical problem uh, physical physical uh albums i think it's kind of like dead i mean it's more more or less for collectors and that is why i'm putting out vinyls like limited editions and all that because because of the people who wants to collect that and they get the, the big you know big pictures and all that i mean it's a yeah, it's um, right. It's a deep, nice it's, it's, it's a but, but I mean, it's very easy to use This Spotify. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I use. I mean, I use. I use iTunes because in, I feel like it's easier to do full albums and, and deeper dives of, of artists. At least yeah. I'm going to pay for it, and I think it's a little bit more fair for artists. I don't know particularly. I'm not a singles guy. I do like vinyl. I like. I like holding stuff. I'm not my CD guy. Yeah. But I do like some vinyl of artists too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's just yeah. I like but me. I mean,
1: if, if I if I would say personally, I mean, uh, that's why. Now I'm putting out instead of doing one album, spending two hours to make one full album and put that out. And it has a life existence or a longevity of two, three months tops or something like that, depending on what kind of audience you have and all that. But, but, but also that is why I put out one song per month instead, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's going to be collected like and every 24th of the month i'm putting out a new single where i also invite a lot of like my my old heroes or you know guest stars or former band members and all that because this album is a special uh, concept called this is heavy metal plain and simple so it's not like i reinventing the wheel or anything like that i'm doing you know some sort of broadness about hard rock heavy metal or whatever you want to call it you know uh this is the particular concept i'm doing now but um then it's singles because uh, it seemed that people don't have that much uh, an attention span nowadays to mm-hmm. sit down and enjoy a full album. And I mean, it's, it's become really problematic because let's say when I was growing up, I could spend my hard-earned money or whatever, my, my allowance or something on a album. And if I didn't like it at first... Okay, I just kept listening to it like 25 times and it kind of grow on you. So it's like song number eight. Oh, that's kind of good. I, I like the riff and the vocals and blah blah blah. Nowadays, when you go to Spotify, someone might suggest that check out this band, they are really cool. And you listen to the the most popular song. Ah, so and so, and then you might go to the second one. And and then I just skip it because I haven't invested any money in it, you know. And if you had to buy something, you really want to like that. You know, when I was a kid, you know, no, buying kids' albums or whatever, you know. Or you know.
0: You'd go back, and you'd be like, I like one or two songs and you put it away. And four months later, it grows on you. You're like, you know what? And yeah. then also you have it. Or the very least, the album covers had such great artwork. You're like, it's too cool to get rid of it. I really, <laughs> this album cover, remember buying albums because the covers were so badass?
1: Yeah, but we all can relate to that. I mean, I, I bought a lot of album co- uh, albums because of the cover. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but I was like, uh, interviewed by uh, Peter Baltis of Accept, the bass player, because mm-hmm. they were going to do some sort of documentary and we met backstage at some festival or something. And I had to tell them the story. And I was, skipped school when I was like in eighth grade or something and went went downtown with a little money I had and bought two albums. I saw the new Accept. I had heard a little bit of Breaker before that, but I saw, wow, two burning flying Vs like yeah. that. Wow, I got to have that. I haven't heard, you know. so I told about that story and also said that I bought the first Demon, Night of the Demon, because it has this like a cross in the grass, like a uh, grasping hands and all that. Yeah. Wow, it looks amazing. But the best part of that album, I would say, is the album cover. Right. <laughs> <You know>? Well, <laughs> so, yeah,
0: sometimes you lose and at the very least you get some cool artwork. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. But to me, I mean, that is also why I design everything myself, because I wouldn't be doing this, I think if I wouldn't have discovered Kiss Destroyer in 76, because I was such a diehard uh, nutcase really for, for, for shop rock or no, no, not shop rock, but horror movies mm-hmm. and cartoons and, you know, like vampires and, and all that shit, yeah. you know, like Marvel comics and, and the superheroes as well. And I went to this assorted store or whatever you call that. They have all kinds of posters and magazines and books and all that. And they also had a little bit of, collection of of, uh, vinyl albums and i will like went through them and saw status quo and blah 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 whatever bg so i don't know (laughs) but uh, and then i saw something that looked completely like a horror magazine or or a calendar or whatever it looked like and i was like wow what is this and and they're like four superheroes they look like a mix between Batman and and, and horror, like yeah. the werewolf on drumswear. But I didn't even know what it was. But it said at the top it says Kiss Destroyer in typical Marvel comics um type. Yeah, and all that. Fight, yeah, and I was like, I don't know what this is, even, but I gotta have it because this is the coolest thing I ever seen. And when I collected the money or gathered up the money to buy that and put it on, and it was such a cinematic production and um I always talk about this <laughs> because it was like a before and after thing in my life. Right. And to this day, I still use that album as a benchmark for, for everything I do pretty much, because maybe it's just in my seven year old fantasy or something. And it's, it's still intact there, but that is like the, the biggest sensation ever because the music, I mean, I I could just stare at the album cover, which I thought was so amazing for hours and listen to the music and just imagine this kind of, dark uh I, I, yeah yeah do, do, yeah the image just it's like listening to 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 the soundtrack of a dark action movie or something like that
0: i think know? it was cool back then though and 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 got watered down just like everything else does is bands are doing the cool art and doing yeah. the creativeness was a whole generally the music was good because they were creative like it was it was an environment the record back then for music so if they're smart enough and their songs kiss songs were so different back then and then the artwork was different and then the costumes so they were it was a very it was a whole creative entity the whole it was a whole production then
1: sometimes yeah, they got, that's what at I, was I was trying to say there is actually right. that that's also why i do everything because it's it's uh out of the question that i would just leave it to the to the, to the record company oh yeah you know, you you make some cool artwork for this. No, it doesn't work like that (laughs) for me. I mean, because I have, I cannot separate from what I'm hearing from what I'm seeing. It has to go hand in hand. And that is also why I've been hired by other bands, for example, to do their stage production. Like I built stage props and, and designed the stage props and all that. Because, I mean, to me, it's like the full picture. And why should you, when I was with Ethereum, this uh, Swedish band, that's kind of operatic uh, mm-hmm. symphonic metal or whatever. They were up on stage doing this. <laughs> like that. And and they were dra- dressed in like some worn out creator create t-shirt and jogging pants or, or something like that. Yeah, why why did you do that? I mean, if I go to the opera, which I don't, but if I would, I, I assume they I have like the, the coolest scenery and, and, and then they dress up according sort of to, to stick to the the, the the format and all that because it's it's for every sense you know what you see and what you get what you hear and all that it, it's like transform you to to a, a different place why should you look like like uh some street bums or something like that and play that kind of music because then you can listen to music instead in <laughs> if, if you're going to perform at least you right. know so
0: yeah. No, I I think it plays to the performance, the costumes, the staging It's incredible. So I mean, you literally start off though just drumming, and probably it was, it was your first big gig, probably King Diamond.
1: It was. Uh, I was trying to form my own bands before that for years and years, and and was trying, super naive and this kind of teenage uh, naivety or whatever you say, and hoping to find some sort of Eric Adams, uh, Rob Halford, uh, way before internet, of course, like right, in yeah. in my neighborhood, but. It, <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I'm just laughing at how stupid I I was. Yeah, yeah. but I couldn't find any any people like that or let alone any singer at all. So down the road, it's like, oh, fuck, I can't find any singer. So I have to do it myself. But then I got the the offer to to play with King Diamond after Mickey D. I've known him since I started playing drums when I was thirteen years old. And he was going to quit. Uh, King Diamond and we were hanging out like on Christmas Day partying and stuff. And he said, "Yeah, but I'm he, he just got back home from LA then." And he said that, "Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be quitting King Diamond, so I think you would be the perfect guy to take over the drum stool after me." And I thought it was just like the the, the oh, alcohol okay. doing the talking basically. So I was like, yeah, "I'm gonna do my own band, fuck that." You know, even though I really liked Merciful Fate and also King Diamond, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, So I just uh, yeah, pretty much brushed it off or or, yeah, didn't think about that. But then Pete Black, the guitar player, he called me. He had had a good eye for me, whatever you say, for years because he wanted to form his own band. And he thought I would be the perfect drummer for him in his band. Uh, So he called me from from L.A. and said, yeah, but are you home? I'm going to be home in, in Gothenburg in a... Uh, the day after tomorrow or something like that and I want to meet up because I have something I want to talk to you about Uh, yeah I'm telling the whole backstory here but I mean so so I got together with him and uh, and then he said that okay we've been auditioning for over 40 drummers from all over the world in Los Angeles wow and uh, nobody can really you know get it down to replace Mickey D uh, in that in that way whatever so and I want you to to give it a shot because I mean I think it would give you a lot of routine and experience and all that because I was like just basically staying home in Gothenburg <laughs> trying to find the right members or something. So I thought, okay, I cannot this is meant to happen. I cannot turn it turn it down twice because I mean I'm really liking them as well, you know. So uh and I figured that it would create uh a scene for me or or you know built my reputation or it's literally name, like make this, a name going to college a like heavy
0: metal college resume it's like going to like the harvard
1: yeah, yeah, college i
0: mean it's you know yeah. there's like merciful fate and king diamond waterhead there's yeah. certain bands that are like yeah. you, you yeah. that's where you
1: you know yeah but i'm i'm eternally grateful that i that i got that uh, opportunity really because i mean it felt pretty much like everything changed overnight you know when i first came to america and all that and and you know yeah it was crazy really going out on a headline tour for three three and a half months i think in in, in america alone and then the same thing in europe Wait, that was, the
0: I, was I, it the I the seat was for the i no, I, no it right?
1: was before that it was conspiracy album in 1989 so so on that album they didn't have any drummer because they couldn't find a proper replacement oh, okay, so, for Mickey D, on, so yeah they called him in and he did it like a session drummer and uh i was the one doing the videos and the tours and all that you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. I was working for the label that did, that was carrying or distributing at the time when the eye came out. So I remember opening it up and that would be your first one, right? With them. Yeah, that's my first one. Yeah. yeah so, then I mean, that was the first time I remember seeing your, your name with, okay. oh, you know, with King and I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. You know, and then Snowy Shaw. And that was, so that was my first introduction to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. 90 or something. Yeah. 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 It's
1: 1990. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago, 31 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies.
0: <laughs> you know, it wasn't that long. Yeah. We're not that old. It was only three years ago. No.
1: <laughs> but yeah. but from it's kind there, of crazy when you think about it. You know,
0: it, it doesn't feel that long ago. And then from there, you you've moved on to so many bands. And like I said, you you've gotten to the point you've played every instrument now. You like creation. You you do everything. And each thing you've taken, each band you've been, and you've learned more. You've grown from it. It really is fantastic. It's like
1: I'm different than a lot of people. I mean, they are made be in the business because they want to. Be out on tour or get laid or get famous or something like that to me i I kind of come to, to the conclusion late, later on in life that it 's all about self growth in my case that I want to take on new challenges and uh, and do it the way I kind of envision it and uh, and stick to that and people may say that you 're a, a control freak yeah but because it 's my vision, I cannot just leave it. To, to other players and they can do whatever they want. So, so I have a very distinct, uh, very precise picture. And and that's what I figure. It's, it's kind of hard to, to find a singer to do it like that. So at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I might not have, be the best singer or whatever, but gradually you get better at something. So, so I mean, you just keep working at it. You
0: know? ah, so. You're a good vocalist. What it is is you write to your voice, and I think some of the best rock vocalists wouldn't be okay. singing in other pop songs. They, but they're they're the most badass in their bands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like just be your favorite artist there, and then put them on top forty. You know what I mean? It's not going to work. May have Bruce yeah, Dickinson but... sing a Lady Gaga song. It's not going to work. Bruce sings Eden, no. or he sings his no. solo stuff. You you write, you sing to what's best for you. And that's usually when you do what's best for you and honest in you. That's where you yeah. succeed. You probably have the yeah. most success in your life now by you doing Snowy Shaw and all these projects and these you yeah. lives from videos and you get this whole full on thing going.
1: Yeah, but something that I noticed, and, and it's kind of a little bit uh, intimidating, actually, or something, because a lot of the people that you put on a pedestal, like you think they're the greatest ever. I mean, for for this ongoing project that I'm doing now, for example, uh, I'm in contact with a lot of big names, like like yeah. my childhood heroes. Like I can mention Dan McCafferty from Nazareth, for example, but he's like very old. I, I, he he's probably fully capable of doing that, to, to living up to my expectations and doing it like I, I've written the song and a vocal yeah. melodies and all that. He's just one example. But a lot of those guys, they're getting out kind of old and you lose your range with age range, and yeah. all that. Yeah. and And I don't want to see that, that my heroes sort of fall off that pedestal, you know, the, if they cannot deliver the goods. Same thing with Susie Quattro is another one that I, wow. Yeah. But she was that uh, on her peak by 1973 or something. So that's kind of a long time ago.
0: You know? Well, you know, and here's, I just, I literally just had this conversation. Uh, it goes comes a lot as, as, as a musical artist, you're as, as a vocalist, it's usually the worst. And then I think getting old, being a vocalist, and then, then yeah. that probably like a drummer. And then it's like guitarist. Yeah. If you're a heavy guitar player, but yeah.
1: What about the bass players? Nobody pays attention to them in a way, right? <laughs> no, they're, in the
0: back, they're in the back doing catering.
1: I, I know you're. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, or turning the light bulb. No, but, but like I'm saying, but like physically, how it changes your performance. Yeah. Like in your 20s, you get these bands that do these high notes and whatever. I could yeah. have people been, been like, you know what? I kind of wish I wrote that a step down. I wish I did that in a different key, because yeah. if you're performing that song 30, 40, 50 years later, you're not doing that anymore. Um,
1: yeah but you see that people. a lot of bands are tuning down the guitar so it's like two steps down or or two full steps down or whatever so so uh, yeah but that's just what can i say i mean it's the law of gravity it's i mean not, that's i think just it's how you difficult. do
0: it though it's how you do it. like the perfect example would be like are you going to be i mean not everyone's going to be uh you know bruce dickinson who can keep singing but then you have someone like um ian gillen from deep purple whose voice has changed but he yeah. still sounds good. He sounds different because he still works his voice, but he does it differently. He's not trying to be something different. You really kind of yeah. have to work your your voice to what you want. Yeah, but I
1: gotta say that the best example. I mean, even Dio, he he kind of lost it towards the end a little bit. I think so. Not lost it, but it, yeah, but it kind of his voice changed. I mean, it happens to all of us. I mean, it it's at, uh, what do you call it? it's. Your, your vocal cords are not as elastic as they used to be. And, and even if you work at it and, and it's like exercise and everything, Going to the gym or something, you do that for for six months and okay, yeah. now I'm done. Yeah. But if, if you don't go there, I mean, you got to keep it, keep it on, of course, you know, and, and um, a lot of people have like, have it naturally. I would say, I got to say that when I first tried to, to, to learn how to sing, it didn't work at all. I was like, "What the fuck?" I compare myself to my idol, which are, which are maybe Bruce Dickinson, Eric Adams, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Dio, uh, yeah. all those guys. And this guy, vocal coach, he said, "Sometimes it's good to accept what, do the best of what God gave you." Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to listen to that at all because I'm I'm so tall, which means that I'm um, naturally I'm a baritone bass. I have long vocal cords so I can sing really low notes and all that. And but I wanted to scream like a pig basically, you know, like really high up, yeah, full chest voice or whatever. And he said, But your idols, I mean, how are they tall guys? No, look at Bruce Dickinson, uh, <laughs> Eric Adams, Dio, uh, who else? Uh, Klaus Meine, <laughs> you know, all those guys, they are compared to me, they are like midgets basically, you know, because they are. Uh, naturally they are tenors, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I never thought about that, but th- that makes sense, of course. But yeah. did I did I listen to my vocal course Of course not. I'd fuck that. I've <laughs> <laughs> always been awful with that, with teachers and all that. I got to do it my own way, sort of, you know, and find my own way in or, uh, way around it. And I think I, you know, I sort of got it down, so, so I'm at least pleased with what I'm doing, you know, trying to do my best. Yeah, but it's... I'm getting back to this i mean you, you were saying biff byford he, he he is like a tall guy singing mm-hmm. in a very high pitched voice not very high pitch but, but uh, yeah up there ch- full chest voice voice and all that and he's still been able to sustain or maintain his voice very very good compared to a lot of the other guys even the the, the metal god himself rob halford has kind of lost that high pitch thing but he is such a phenomenal singer that he's, he basically wrote the book, I would say, on how to sing metal, Yeah, you know? So he can, you know, move around and get it to work. And it really works with, for him because he's such a phenomenal singer.
0: Right. You know, and it has to fit you know. the song too. There's a certain point though, where just like anything, if you over sing something. Yeah.
1: But the, the tough part is like, okay, it's not with the new material. Then you can adapt to that, of course. But right. if you're going to do, do, do the, the songs that, were written like in 1975 or 85 or something like that and when you were you know a lot you know a lot younger you know it's tough
0: i think my my best and i enjoyed him the most live it would be either in the painkiller tour i want to say him because he was he was straddling both worlds you know i mean it was just that was the best for me i think i've seen him live was there not that time period um so you're writing a song but as a drummer and a guitar player do you feel like you have a more rhythmic approach to your songs? Um, when you write, are you thinking drum? Are you like not, just, not so just, much just, nowadays?
1: But when I started out, I could say that I wrote. I learned to to play guitar myself, and mm-hmm. I I and I did that from a uh, from a drummer's perspective. So my rhythms were, let's say, you know, I picked up the guitar, like I said, just nice. to to be able to write songs and show them what I wanted, and oh, then I wanted records. to you know, progress and develop and all that. So I invented new kind of ways of playing. And that was based not so so much harmonically, but more rhythmically, right. because I'm a drummer. So I would take like those polar rhythms and, and kind of really really rhythmically complicated or or uh, yeah complicated stuff in a way. So when I showed that to those guitar players, not none could play them. <laughs> so it was like <laughs> okay. Now I fucked it up anyway. You know, I don't have a guitar here, but it's like let let me show you. You have
0: one behind you, actually. Let's for instance, I mean, I mean,
1: Mishoga. I mean, Meshuga. They kind of borrow that that riff from me that I did with "Ill Will," a song that I came up with, like a uh, uh, one of those rhythms. Uh, let me see if I can find a guitar here.
0: Can you got going on the wall behind you there.
1: Oh, what the fuck? Uh, Let me
0: see here. Just buying some of your guitars while you were up behind you. That wall is beautiful. some beautiful.
1: I'm playing open string. It's just so you yeah. can hear now. But that kind of riff, it's it's like actually a drum fill that I stole from Vinnie bit And I did that on the bass drums because I thought, wow, that's cool because then I can keep a straight beat on top of it, and it's kind of polyrhythmic. And and so I kind of uh, came up with a way to play that on guitar because it was not just typical. That kind of the typical thing, yeah. but this is like more complicated. Like that. So anyway, and the problem was that most guitar players they couldn't understand the polyrhythms because they are based on guitars and, and licks and all that. So that's why I figured out okay, it's, I have to play it myself in the studio <laughs> without taking credit for that. But that's how it worked. But, but it's good
0: it's, no, it's, it's it's it.
1: to answer your question. It's definitely from a from a drummer's perspective, and and it was that was just one example, but a lot of them, and it was kind of tricky because I couldn't find guitar players who could understand these type of riffs or, or once rhythm. again you
0: stumbled into your own sound your music has a sound it has a rhythm i mean it's got the point nowadays where, when when you do hear someone who's a drummer and then do play guitar now and you really start listening you can yeah. pretty much tell the difference of how much rhythm a song has and, and like, like what you just explained is there's, a, there's yeah a difference yeah
1: but that's true but i mean a lot of music nowadays i would say uh, a lot of metal it's all based on rhythmical things and not so much harmonically really and and um i think that's kind of boring and i'm not so interested in that anymore maybe i was 25 years ago and and uh, now my songs are more based on vocals i would say mm-hmm. you know i think uh, that is uh, the song is always king but the vocals it, it's the main thing that's what people listen to and and that's what i listen to as well so everything else is like have to sit in a back seat and, and back it up like accompany the fucking vocals. I mean, that's what I think. That's the kind of music that I like in a way. And which is uh, based on, you know, vocals or harmonics and, and all that. So it's not so much rhythmical. And nowadays, I mean, it's pretty simple. I would say, you
0: know, Are you writing songs on guitar now? Are you writing it just every different way? Are you coming with a melody and then writing it to the melody? how you write your songs at this point.
1: No, basically I, I'm, I'm just, the of rain, wake you, loud. you know, singing some bullshit, uh, yeah. fake English uh, gibberish and come up with <laughs> melodies and all that. And, <laughs> but once I get the picture, I mean, uh, everything starts to um, uh, clear. I mean, the whole vision. So I get all the, the, the baseline and, and, the. Uh, all the effects that should be there and also drum a little bit and i kind of record that on a simple audio recorder that i have in my computer or in the phone or something like yeah. that well yeah yeah just to memorize it to myself and from that uh, that point on i bring it into the studio and start to to do it and and it's mostly based on 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 a vocal line or something like that, or, or a song, you know, as soon as I come up with a verse and a pre-course and a chorus, then it's done. I think, you know, the rest is like just filling. I can come up with some solo and shit, but I mean, that's not the bearing it's a skeleton of the song. I think you know, it's more like so arrangement. right? Like,
0: you, know. you also do you, the quality of everything you do is really good. Like we'll talk about you some of your newer videos that you've done. It's so it's like shot so well. And it's done, I mean,
1: it's mean like, like my music uh, official. Yeah, music, music videos. or talking yeah, about yeah. your
0: production, your things. I kind of like. It's, we're kind of finding a little journey here. Yeah, but the way it's shot, like you say, well, it's kind of like was it? Uh, yeah, uh, your Krampus. Like some of your, he's kind of like got the horror feel to it, but you're like, it's not going to just be white. It's got the art feel to it. It's not just like a flushed color. It's it's professionally the, the quality and the effects that you do are like it's not overdone. It's it's good. It's good. It's, good. it's like it's like updated horror, but def. Yeah. It's like. Videos nowadays aren't always like that. It's usually really, good. you're either really good or really bad. So your production, are you? Do you have a team doing that for you with you? Are you your ideas on that too?
1: No, but I, I, I'm behind everything you see and hear, basically, because it's it's my my brainchild.
0: But you can't. I you mean, I'm, I'm doing the everything. Of your videos, to other videos, of quality. You get what I'm saying, though, right?
1: Um, to be honest, I. I pretty much stopped caring what other people do or don't uh, uh, like three decades ago. <laughs> I guess. Well, I'm talking like
0: so, technology production values. I mean, you're not going to hand out a VHS quality video is what I'm saying. Uh,
1: yeah, but I'm just trying to, to, to come as close as possible to my vision of okay. it, you know, uh, quality wise. I mean, it's got to be the best you, you can, you can get uh, well, from my
0: entry. perspective it's shot very well from a video end, it's done very well it's like
1: okay Thank beyond
0: you. beyond somebody it's not the vision of somebody going in and we're going to come in two days you're going to pay us for this we're going to shoot a video rock video who cares who it is it's literally we're going to come in it's like a, it's like a miniature movie thought of like it's a concept we're going to do it
1: from the beginning to end you, usually what happens is that i have the idea and and I make all the stage props or whatever, or the, all the props that's necessary for it. For it, like the last one I filmed now, it needed a kind of like a witch's cauldron. Mm-hmm. You know how the fuck do you find that? <laughs> I was like looking around, you know, calling <laughs> theaters and all that opera houses and stuff. <laughs> you know, so we ended up that we have to make it out of papier-mâché and and uh, what do you call that? Like some sort of uh, yeah, all kinds yeah. of crap basically, and, and just to come as close as possible to, to my vision. And um, and then I have have this, and I do the script and all that and, and draw pictures or, or uh, you know, come up with examples or whatever it might be uh, of others. So it's got to look that way and we need that kind of atmosphere. And I also find the right locations for it and uh, bring in the right people that I need. Like for this last one I filmed now, I had Dan Dark, uh, a friend of mine who sang with the band called Torch in the eighties, and he's like a hero to me when I was a kid. But anyway, he's so short, so so, and I'm so tall, and and so he w- would look like my uh, uh, what do you call that? Like a jester, or, or no? Uh, like a, like my butler or something like that. And I walked and hold his hand, and I, uh you know, so. Yeah. I want to create oh, yeah, some sort of... All, it, it, that is also the video. Kind it's of so it's Tim easy. Burton, kind of freakish movie or whatever, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, But that was, I think, the same video where you had the drums, right? Yeah. And I'm watching it, and you got the drums up,
1: right? <laughs> no, no. That, that's probably Nachtgeist. Oh, okay. I, I, I watched a bunch of all <laughs> once recently. So yeah, but I the last have the, one... We that have, drum we have thing is
0: interesting how you made that, The, the you... That was another. Okay, yeah, theory. but that is
1: Nachtgas. We did, that, did oh. that in the forest like a couple of years ago. But this, <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. this latest one, we haven't put, put that out yet because uh, it's not going to be out until next year. But the timing to be in this specific forest rest- that's untouched, basically, and we have to do that because I was walking my dogs there sometime, like in January. It's like wow, it looks like. The right kind of scenery an old English forest, like kind of uh, dramatic and, and um, yeah, uh, kind of grayish, but brown, and green, whatever. And I thought oh, I have to do that. So I waited for like four years to do that. <laughs> we had to do that before spring. Otherwise, everything would be too too luscious or, or green right. or whatever. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, but it's not going to be, be out until next year. So, but I still have to shoot it like in March or February or March now. Yes, it takes a lot of planning, but I mean, I'm, I'm doing it for I got to say that for the right reasons. People may say, yeah, but it's not going to bring in a lot of dough. No, I don't care about the money aspect. I mean, I mean that's not why I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it it sounds pretentious or uh, high strong, or whatever, but but it's, I consider it art. So that is why I put a, a comma between art and ist. So I'm an artist, not just an artist. I wouldn't feel
0: pretentious at all. And I hear, Honestly, I hear a lot of artists say that because I think they feel like it's a slippery slope or how things are used because they believe and want to be creative and it's not so much focused on... Of course, everyone wants to make money. We all want to make money because we get sick. We got to pay bills. We want to we sleep yeah. on, a, on the floor. You want to put money back into your art. You want to live. I mean, that's not a yeah. wrong thing to do and be able to do what you yeah. love. It's not pretentious to, to not worry about being... Having five Lamborghinis because you want to have your creative vision, yeah. yeah.
1: It's just yeah, but that, pretty that is so Yeah, but that is mean a nutshell because I, I don't care about the money aspect. When I'm in the studio, for example, mixing my stuff, and people's been saying, like the the, the engineer or mixing guys, been saying, yeah, but this is not industry standard. What do you mean by that? Yeah, but this is not how music sounds now on on the top list or or uh, metal playlist or whatever. Yeah, but what do you mean? Do you, do you think I actually care about that? Do you think I consider myself a provider for, for, for uh, an expected audience? I'm doing music to please myself as some sort of mental masturbation. And then if other, others, other people like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally happy. But well, I, I think... cannot sit here and speculate on what is it that people want. <laughs> I can't do that.
0: Well, I think that's pop music for you. That's commercial radio. If yeah. in the rock world and many different genres of metal and rock, you know, what I mean, you it, that can be more artist based, and that's how your fans, because your fans like what you're creating. I mean, there's a lot of bands that do a lot of different albums, and some of them are stickers, yeah. but they're being creative, so good for them. Yeah. You know I mean? But if you're going to start trying to be the next, you know, back in the days, if everyone's trying to be the next Guns and Roses, or you're trying to be the next, it's not going to work. There was one. No, episode, but
1: there was one I, mean, I told. I told republic. a friend. I told this to a friend who ran this uh, drum store in Gothenburg, and then they uh, went back to a couple of years ago and stuff. And he was like kind of frustrated. He was also a drummer in a band. And I said, In this day and age, I mean, you cannot make any money from this thing. So why be a whore? Why be a prostitute if you're not even getting paid? (laughs) Do what you want. I mean, so, so, I mean, I mean, you got to have some sort of, um, source of income for, for of course to to right. provide a living uh and that's all, all i'm going for i can lower my standards or, or living conditions whatever i mean so, so it's good for me and then you know whatever it is i'm not after fame or fortune i don't give a crap about that i mean to me it's like uh, having an outlet for my creativity and all that so
0: yeah well i mean as long as you can pay the bills and you can you can pay for equipment you know what i mean
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's all that matters.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so, so to me, it's, it's like absurd that people speculate in that. And I've kind of been there. A lot of, of my friends who hasn't really established themselves or something, that I think that, yeah, but you should go to America. That's where, it, where the big money is and, and where it is happens. there? But tell them, call them yeah, me. But, I know where the big money is. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they're saying. I and, know. and when I speak to American friends, they say, yeah, we should go to Europe or Sweden. That way you can make it big. I'm sorry to say, but there's no place. <laughs> I mean, now with the internet, I mean, it doesn't matter where you fuck you, where the fuck you live. So just because, yeah, but in Seattle, no, no, it's not like 1990. People don't walk around with those shirts and, and, uh, and goatees and stuff like that. That was back then. It's like the swing in 60s. Don't go to London mm-hmm. now. There's nothing there. There's nothing anywhere. I mean, so
0: the, the, make- the, the, the Europe touring scene is yeah. good for American artists for rock art. It's really helped them keep their careers going during some hard yeah, times because america it has it been it very it commercial it radio and it's very f- very uh, fickle whereas yeah. i think personally european rock audiences of metal and other genres are more loyal yeah. and have continued to support that that is yeah. one i think advantage over across the board yeah america but now.
1: i guess it comes down to the grass is always greener on the other yes. side you have the europeans we want to make it big in america and the Amer- Okay, we can play this uh, pizzeria or something like that. And you know, or we can go to Europe and play Vacken in front of that many people. A lot of the bands they are not so popular in America, but they are huge in Germany, for example.
0: You know? Germany's interesting with, with what bands are popular. Germany really just kept some careers going, I tell you.
1: <sighs> yeah, yeah, but a lot of us. I mean, for example, like Man of War, they I would say I don't want to talk about other bands like that, but they try to make it out like they're oh, kings of metal. Yeah, not so much in America. I, I don't think they've done a, a proper tour for the last 25 years or something in America.
0: I don't think I've ever seen a flyer from Myanmar over here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, but in Europe, and uh, they are big. You know,
0: Are they? Are they still big over there?
1: Ah, I don't know, but they used to be. At least. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> But I mean, compared to America, because I mean, it's hard. I mean, they made the, the third album, Hail to England. It was kind of like uh, not kissing up to England because they, that's where they met and all that. was the boss right. enjoyed them and joined But um, metal is kind of, I would say, uh, historically more European based. Mm-hmm. It just happened something in the mid 80s where everything changed and MTV became popular. I would say that that's where i fucking gave up on it i gotta say because everything became so commercialized and, uh, van halen set set uh, the, the standard and and everybody should be like uh, good looking guys with uh beach blonde hair and uh leg warmers and and all that you know? <laughs> i didn't like that at all the whole hair metal thing i mean it wasn't my thing you know so, yeah.
0: well it's it definitely created once again a lot of those bands had their own creation from different times and once got you know other bands copied them and it's just you know what i mean Everyone's struggling for Alley.
1: You mean Van Halen? Hmm? Did you mean
0: Van Halen? Yeah, Van Halen. Everybody copied Van Halen. Totally, of course.
1: Yeah, but they set the standard. I I happened to see uh, an old video with uh, White Lion the other day, and they (laughs) used—I could say that—they used down to the smallest detail Van Halen as as the the template, pretty much.
0: Well, the the, well, yeah, and the, the harmonics. Is very similar yeah. to Van Halen, and well, and, and and the singer was a big fan of Daily Roth. Actually, he'd spoken to him yeah, and yeah, he yeah. emulated him, so it wasn't a secret at all. Yeah, yeah,
1: but I don't want to like throw shit at people like that. But I mean, it's like they were kind of formed as, as, as a, on a template for uh, <laughs> templates for Van Halen, I should say. Mm-hmm. But a lot of uh, everybody was coping everything like that. I mean, so I I always preferred bands who have some sort of. Integrity and, and originality and follow their own hearts rather than chasing money or popularity or commercial success. I mean, that's just how it works for me. Yeah. Oh,
0: well said. Well said. What are you mm. working on now? Because you, you actually had this really cool live stream type show program here. You want to explain that a little bit? Because that's a pretty, you had like a little, it's actually on your website now. You had like a little, you were like, um, I don't know even how you called it. Was it originally a live stream? That came out, and then you have it now as a video on your thing. We like you debuting videos, and you had somebody walk around interviewing. Do you follow him? I'm, sure
1: I'm doing those kind of spontaneous live streams uh, that I just put out, that I haven't planned it two seconds okay. before I do it. I just put it on. <laughs> I just put it on, like,
0: on your site. We actually had, I'm we pretty sure I was on your site where it was actually a guy was going out interviewing, talking to you. Actually, you were in the yeah, yeah. But thing. That,
1: that was a couple of years ago. That's when we released uh, my first real soul album, White is the New Black. And that was in 2018. Oh, okay. And, you know, I invited a lot of people over to my house here and I, and, uh, okay, we start filming at nine. That's when we go live all over mm-hmm. the world because I figure, okay, I'm putting out my first album, my first soul album after being with so and so many bands. And I've, why should I throw a release party in Gothenburg and invite, uh, you know, uh, some friends and and uh, and have a couple of hundred people there? Because I have had a fortune and and a privilege of having been touring around the world with a lot of different bands. So I have, I'm not huge everywhere, anywhere. Uh, I'm just like underground worldwide. <laughs> so I, have, you know, <laughs> I have like fans all over the place because I've had a fortune of being in Therion, being in King Diamond, Merciful Fate, Sabaton and uh, who oh. else? A lot of those bands. And, you know, for example, Dream Evil, they were like really big in Japan, not really big, but other bands that I've been with, like m- either Merciful Fate or King Diamond, they've never ever been to Japan, for example. So, and and with um, with uh, Therion, they were huge in Mexico and, and Latin America, and South America, and also Eastern Europe. So each and every one of them had their main territories, you know, so, so, and since I've been with all those bands, I kind of um, made a name for myself in all the different territories. I've never been touring Africa though, but, but, you know, you see what I'm saying at least. So, so anyway, what I'm getting at is that why should I throw a release party for my album in my hometown? It's like pointless. So I figured, Okay, we have the, the internet here. I, we can do live stream and and make it like a Big Brother house, you know, like a rigging cameras everywhere and walking around, interviewing people, playing a little bit of music, and and basically selling the album. and And uh, it's broadcasted through YouTube or my Facebook page. I don't remember through to to fans all over the world. And I thought, wow, this is like a groundbreaking, really cool idea. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people that I invited, I I sort of Told them you should share this on your your Facebook page, and yeah. it's gonna grow. But they didn't understand what live stream was, even. They were just inserted in the free booze, basically. So, <laughs> about a couple of years later, I mean, then everything exploded with the, with the fucking Corona thing, yeah. and now everybody's live streaming. But you see what happens, you know.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. It, but but to me, like everything around 2018 and 2019. Everything kind of froze. So to me, 2018, your album and doing this stuff now was like a time frozen. So it felt because some people are still, they like, got stuck promoting their albums from that time period because yeah. they couldn't do anything else. So they were going to pick up still touring those albums. That's why to me, that window is still kind of a relevant time for what you were working on for that video and putting this stuff out. And now you're doing your sing, you're doing more singles again. You're very yeah. active. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's a good medium for you.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh... Like you say, everything been on this sort of uh, put on pause, and, uh, and nobody expected that or something, and they are just waiting around for for the floodgates to open and all and all that. But I mean, to me, if you ask me, I mean, I've been doing that for thirty plus years touring the world. So to be hundred percent honest, I'm not that interested in doing that. I'm gonna sit tight and and let it blow over or something like that, and. Uh, I have some other many other things to do and I'm I'm collaborating with people all over the world through internet. I mean you're just yeah. sending files, this and that. And and it works fine by me. And and I'm perfectly fine by that because I mean I'm not so much interested in the touring anymore, I gotta say. I mean, when I was out with with, with Therion for last last runs that we did, I had to ask myself, what the fuck is this? I'm not enjoying this as much. I mean, I, I like the money I'm earning and I'm liking those two hours on stage. The rest of it I, I would just like erase, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. I'm just badly on here. I think, I think it's those. gonna be
0: interesting, you know, that I think touring is gonna change now to this. I think a lot of bands having the time off yeah, it is. are gonna be like yeah. You know, there be a lot yeah. less of it.
1: I've been, I've been telling a lot of people, they say, Hey, I can't wait for this shit to blow over and things go back to normal. What do you mean normal? Do you think it was that good back in 2019? Really? I mean, the, the industry is kind of yeah. dying off uh, in a way, I would say. But of course, there are still uh, big festivals and it's going to attract a lot of people. But also what I'm saying to them is like, yeah, but they may sell out like in 30 minutes. All the tickets for back in and still they haven't introduced any of the bands in the lineup or uh, because people go there it's like group affiliation you hang out with your friends that you kind of grew up with and the same type of people you dress in black and drink beer and uh, and you listen to uh, some distorted music in the background now i'm very very being very negative about this but i mean is the music really in the focal point or is it just that uh the thing in itself, the atmosphere, picking up the atmosphere, hanging out with your your group of people. I think people.
0: I think it's both. I think some people know that if they've gone yeah. before and they enjoy the music there, it's a brand, so they know that they're going to it's going deliver a handful of bands that they like, assumed yeah. to yeah. begin with. Yeah. And yeah. the metal community is probably one of the biggest communities of like-minded people that stick together. So yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, I'm certainly not saying good.
1: that it's anything negative of that, but I'm trying to to dissect it or analyze what it is that attract people they've been trying to as you've seen to to uh, get this thing going with live streams okay you can pay uh, donate some money for people standing in a rehearsal room or on a small stage without any audience and try to sell that concept and it pretty much died off pretty quickly because it's not the same thing. You need to go to a concert and you hang out with your friends and you're, and it's a whole atmosphere and the, the loud music and all that while, while you're sitting in your living room watching a band playing. Oh, well,
0: those videos are already, out. There's already live concerts out there on YouTube. There's are videos on YouTube. So you're almost competing against yourself. You have nothing to... I mean, you're, you're literally making a video of yourself that people have been watching yeah. videos of yourself when you were younger. So it's really going to be pretty spectacular in video. To stop yeah. them from watching. I mean, look at the Facebook pages of certain bands. They're going to post the same f- videos from 1985 of that band over okay. new music. Okay.
1: You they know. do that? I haven't yeah. seen that.
0: No. I've literally posted an interview on some sites of a band. That, like a Facebook page of, say, named So-So Band. Mm. And, and I'll literally post a brand new interview with that member of the band, which would be fantastic. A, you know? mm. And they'll, instead, they'll, they'll be more apt to watch other videos of the same thing that's been on YouTube for 30 years. Instead of seeing like a brand new thing, talking about their album, what's going on, their opinions, people stick. You know,
1: to what's familiar, I guess. Are, I are you saying that we're the whole the whole business is kind of uh, wearing off? Everybody's getting old, and it's it's living off past the glories. Among, I don't think uh, the
0: bands are. No, I think the some some of the fans like to yeah. see what the stuff and the artists are putting out new stuff. Yeah. And I don't see people jumping as much for the new stuff. I think the artists, it's fantastic that they do stuff. That's why I support <laughs> it. but sometimes I see people rather see older stuff.
1: yeah, but you want you want to see your idols and and heroes or whatever in their prime <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know I think I think
0: its i gotta dad I gotta say i think it's it it depends on who it is, really. People like to see the real part of the musicians. They like people like the fact that like you and I are talking like this in a more yeah. casual thing than me saying "King yeah. Diamond, drop it up, but ah." You know what I mean? Yeah. They yeah. like the relatability. They're like, "Oh, Snowy does this. He gets up. He's you know, a human. Here's his creative process. This is." I think the times are changing. Yeah, people but
1: I gotta say that I said that I, I'm not so keen on 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 doing those uh, big tours anymore or or playing live that much. It's, it's because I've come to a point in my life that, you know, I put out my book last year and it's yeah. been like... The, the link greatest. will be here too.
0: People people need to look read the book. All the stuff, the links for all your stuff will be on the show. Okay, need, yeah. you need to Super check it cool. out.
1: But the, the reception has been awesome really. And I'm over the moon with the gratitude and all that Good. because I'm telling it like it is. My life story, you know, flat out like that. Anyway, um, what I'm saying is that my uh, what I intended to do and, and that was all booked and all that when Corona hit I was going to do like a book signing tour uh, an intimate kind of thing but I could, could mm-hmm. play like small let's say a record store or a bookstore or a clothes store with a sort of rock um, yeah. based or something like that or even at festivals so I was going to do that in Europe from late May until july or something and then i would go to america and and continue doing it like that because then i could be it could be just me and and um and another guy playing keyboard and and backing up vocals or whatever and uh and we play a couple of songs i can talk about the songs and okay how they came about what i what, what i wrote the lyrics about and you know certain anecdotes or funny memories or whatever and uh and meet people in the flesh, sort of shake hands, hug, uh, you know, sell the, the book, sign the book, buy the T-shirt, blah, 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 all that. And I can do like a couple of sh- gigs per day in a smaller environment. Right. And I think that's more personal rather mm-hmm. than what, what what I'm objecting against it, that a lot of, of the, the things that you see on stage now, it's more or less like a theatrical, well-rehearsed thing that you go out there. And you, you have clocked everything. I mean, you're playing against the backing tracks. And everything is kind of fake, you know? So uh, it's not that continuity or, 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 you know, things just doesn't happen like that anymore. And it's, it hasn't been like that for, for a long time. But when you're playing against, uh, with, uh, along with the backing track, you have like pre recorded uh, yeah, violins, right. keyboards, uh, harmonies, whatever the fuck it is. Some people, I don't wanna name names, but they have obviously probably like 60%. Some others have like even more, 75% is pre recorded. And they just go up there and be flexible and, and, and be in the moment, be soaked up by the moment and lose yourself in the moment. And that's what I wanna do live too. And it doesn't really happen.
0: Because everything
1: is planned so much.
0: It depends. Yeah. And a lot of bands are like that. You know, I mean, some of the bands over here in America, the rock and roll are a lot more sloppy. A lot of the rock and club bands are less because people are pretty critical about, I know around in the US about pre tape stuff. They're pretty vicious about them. You get get kind (laughs) of beat up about it. It's not acceptable. Yeah.
1: But I got to say that most people, in my experience, it seemed that most people don't understand what's going on there. Uh, I remember a review. From a, from a bigger magazine where, where a guy said, I saw Therion last night, blah, 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 whatever concert it was, and it was really, really impressive. They brought a full symphony orchestra with them, but because of lack of space, they had to be in the, in, in a, in the backstage area. No, it's because <laughs> you see the drummer have a laptop there. I mean, everything's pre-recorded. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you cannot, it, when you're making a production, Big, uh, you know, pompous production with like uh, tons of of the symphonic uh, elements and all that. You cannot integrate that in in the music, uh, you know, and, and do it live. Then you would need to be thirty people on stage, and that's not possible. No,
0: yeah. no, no. It and there's no point.
1: money for it either. So, so I mean, that's the way it is. I mean, I I, I did that with my own solo things. I mean, when people couldn't, you know, I. I put keyboards and stuff like that on, or whatever it might be, just because I wanted to bring across the kind of show that I wanted a theatrical, really impressive stage show that's funny or fun to watch or entertaining to watch right and then you have to you know uh, cut some corners or or compromise a little bit there because I mean to me it's it's the whole impression i don't give a shit really how it's done as, as long as you you you're you making an impression and good impression in a way you know so so but it felt kind of stale after okay i i have to introduce the next song and then i say blah 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 blah, and then you go blah you know then yeah. he started the back in fact so it's become so mechanical or, or square or whatever the fuck i want to say you know yeah I, I don't like that anyway. I mean, uh, if I would put together a real band, it would be like the purple 1971. <laughs> you
0: know? Mark 1? Mark one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not Mark 1. But Mark 2, like Made in Japan. Exactly like I'm, that. Yeah.
0: I know I'm giving you a hard time with Mark One because <laughs> Mark One was a little more chill. That's so why i was giving you a hard time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw, but I'm posting all kinds of shit on Facebook, and I I just happy to to dance in the kitchen here to hush, you know, for Mark One, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That people like really appreciate pe- that. I mean, zero fucks given. I just do whatever I want, and I don't care if you like it or not. I mean, I'm happy if you. Yeah. If you don't hate me, but, you
0: know. no, I hate yeah. you. It's, it's it's all opinion. It's all music. It's all good. This has been fantastic. It, so, is there anything people can look for right now? You have coming out, and we're probably you're below in the show, so everyone can check out your stuff and your site and books and everything you got. Anything you want to? Uh,
1: what I'm currently working on. I mean, I, I'm working on three albums at least uh, at the same time, but with the main focus on on putting out those one yeah. song per month. So uh, it's going to be one new uh, out here on the 24th. It's like the 20th today. What is it? The 18th? What is it? Yeah. In a, in a couple of days, at least a week. Yeah. So that's what I'm currently working on. And uh, apart from that, I have a lot of different things going on. I mean, I, I kind of man of a thousand pro- projects. I have like all those kind of, kind of things going on. Right. So not to put, not to put and, and the... really
0: just go into your site. It's gonna be the most up to date and always the hub of your world, probably?
1: I would love to say yes, but I mean I haven't I, even do. In. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't logged into to my new website for six months because I've been so busy and I haven't updated with new new t shirts or merchandise or anything like that. I was planning on on making that as a as a basis of What's going on? I mean, so I'm on so many different forums like Patreon and then Instagram and blah, blah, okay. blah, so blah. We'll and put everything up there.
0: Just, I just want to direct your fans and, and new people to where to see you at the most. I'll put all, you send me all your links for everything and then people can kind of go through it and...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, to um, kind of... Um, you're making it maybe,
0: hard for me to direct people to you. It's like you're in witness relocation or something. You're...
1: Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> the, best, the best way is probably Facebook or Instagram. Okay. That's what I'm. I have a, an official page on Facebook and also two private ones, or whatever, and Instagram and all that. But snowshaw.net, it It's gonna be the platform where I'm gonna put out everything new and and like weekly updates or whatever. But I have a bad conscience about that because I haven't even logged in for six months at least. You know?
0: it's, <laughs> so, it, well, I was just on it. It's, it's a pretty good site, though. I mean. Get it going because there's not a lot of good sites out there. So,
1: yeah, yeah, but like I, I was saying, you said that uh, in the beginning, like DIY is that yeah, correct? Do yourself, no, yeah. Do it yourself. Yeah. And it's only 24 hours per day, so I mean, I'm pretty much doing everything myself, and it's. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. it's
0: awesome. I'm just saying it's a good site. So you don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah go, but you, don't...
1: you're living with the, those endless to-do lists that you never. Mm-hmm. Get to actually. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> I hear you. Well, I want everyone to check you out. Thank you. This has been fantastic, and I'll send you the link. I'm sorry for and- for
1: babbling so much shit. I mean, I I'm, I'm tempted to, to go on detours and, and lose the thread, or whatever. But no, I know? told
0: you this. This once again, this is a conversation with you. This is yeah, yeah. a fan based conversation. This is not yeah
1: yeah. yeah. But I would I would really uh, uh, suggest or or recommend that people check out my book because. It's been getting the best reception and, and uh, I constantly get mails every day like people, wow, I fucking love this. And it, this should be a, be the benchmark for how you write a, a autobiography because I'm telling the truth. I mean, behind the scenes and all that, not the, the glitz and glamour that a lot of people have bought into and that Hollywood has sold with whatever it might be. I mean, it's a lot of... Um, sacrifices that you have to do as well not only what you do but also what you don't yeah. you know to, to, to set off time and apply yourself and, and dedicate yourself and there are good reviews
0: too I, the, yeah. it's on my list now to get two I saw the reviews I'm like it's just the reviews are too good so I will be
1: checking it out myself yeah, yeah but please do I mean so, so there's also I gotta say um, I gotta do a shout out for that because it's on steelcartel.com slash snowy shaw for the Americans, steelcartel.com slash snowshaw. That's because uh, yeah, you can also buy it in America. So because it's so uh, expensive to ship things nowadays, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so right, it's then. both in Europe and, and America, so that's cool. Bye. Bye. Bad bad connection. Take care of yourself. Talk to you yeah. soon. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye bye, bye bye.